quick PSA for our listeners who are U.S. citizens. The 2020 election season is now upon us, and it is so important that you make your voice be heard. Please go to www.vote.org to find out all voting information you might need, and be sure to vote early. Again, that website is www.vote.org. Plan your vote and enjoy the show. Computer, initialize Holosuite. Holosuite Media. FedEx Assemble! Vedic Collinson! Vedic Smart! And I'm Vedic Jackala, and this is the Vedic Assembly! Welcome, mm. everybody. Probably should have said yes. Smart, Vedic Smart. For this episode <laughs> oh indeed yes right <laughs> right right okay yeah sure what i don't understand why not what 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 did you say smart vedic smart oh smart <laughs> <laughs> what did you think i said i i didn't understand that you were making a bond reference well, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm, yeah, I mean, I may not be a fan. Spoilers of most Bond movies, but <laughs> it, dude, it's been a day. Okay, it's not you. It's okay. me. It's me. Okay, uh, totally me. It's always Brandy. Oh, Brandy. It oh. is. I know. And by the way, I am not Maki. Thank you very much. <laughs> what episode was that Arjay, in? <laughs> it, last, episode, last episode, thank you. Oh, the, oh, you think I didn't listen to the episode I wasn't on? I can't I remember did. whether that was in Janeway or whether that was in Vedic Assembly. Mm-mm. Oh, it was Vedic Assembly. You accused me of being mucky. Oh, that was at the beginning when you were like missing, wasn't it? We said it was like communication silence or something. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Communication, uh, quarantine, not quarantine. The nine hours thing. It's only because I literally watched the Eddington episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, I am not Maquis anymore. So. Anymore. Okay. <laughs> Nor am I. Wink, wink. Uh, uh, I'm a yes. Maquis medic. <laughs> that would be an interesting balance, wouldn't it? Trying to maintain both of those things. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the Maquis basically are sort of freedom fighters, so that would fit in yep. with the whole Bajoran resistance thing. The prophets told and me yet... to. <laughs> yes. If uh, if only all sin could be explained that way, right? <laughs> <laughs> the prophets told me to. Yeah, the prophets totally told me to do this, you guys. Um, so I'm totally going to be fine and I shouldn't go to jail because the prophets told me. Oh, uh, yeah. Followed by the Kai. Yeah. I don't know, brother. <laughs> the Kai told me. I, I was just about to say, William, why are you doing your wrong voice? <laughs> uh... Oh, my goodness. Oh, you did that well, too well. Uh, uh, so what are we talking yeah, about this I'm, week, Randy? 
yeah, yeah, I'm going to try and steer this car back on the tracks, but I'm probably the one that will send it off into the sticks again because I am the tangenteer of tangenteers. So this week we thought it would be fun since this is episode 007 mm. that we would do a writer's room episode and write a new secret agent Bashir adventure. Mm-hmm. But how are we going to get to that yeah. point? How it gets it can't just be an adventure for Julian Bashir. There has to be some reason why he has to do it. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Cuz the yeah. last well the the original one, you know, they're they're already on the holodeck and everyone's personalities are beamed into it. I came up with the idea that it is something has infected the station's computer system. And the only way for it, it's like somehow based itself or like taken root in the holodeck computer core. Because of course we know the holodeck is like super advanced and it has all of this memory to store all of these characters. Um, and it has like got its tendrils in there, whatever this weird spacefaring computer virus thing is. And the only way for them to solve it is for Bashir and, you know, everyone else as this cast of characters to go in and defeat this uh, this computer virus, which has taken the form of a, you know, your generic James Bond-esque villain. Okay. Right. Are we going to be keeping Kira Dax, Cisco O'Brien, and Worf's characters all the same as well? Like, as in Anastasia, Komandanov, and Honey Bear, and... <laughs> Do we have to? Not I mean, necessarily. We can alter their personalities a little bit so they're not all like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't do my brain work. You know, pretty much is what mm-hmm. Honey Bear was doing. And Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think they would probably rather choose their own characters, wouldn't you think? I mean, obviously yeah. Julian is going to be the secret agent. Okay. But I think the rest of the characters would want to have a choice mm. in what characters they portray. And it doesn't have to be any of the characters we saw in the original uh, episode. Yeah. They could have a whole different cast of people. Fine by me. I mm-hmm. like that. In fact, I wouldn't even mind if uh, some of the ladies were playing parts that were originally meant for males. Mm-hmm. Mm. Just a thought. Maybe Kira gets to wear the eye patch this time. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't that just be Intendant Kira, but in a 007 thing, pretty much? I know how much you hate Intendant Kira. <laughs> It's it's not that I hate Intendant Kara. I just the idea of the Marie Universe in that. Yeah, I just don't. <laughs> I have difficulties with any Marie Universe stuff. Not all of it, but but most of it. And so it's and it's just so. Oh, please, just shut up. <laughs> Usually is how I feel about <laughs> people like. Intendant Kira. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, yes, we get it. You're into girls. Thank you. We get it. Uh, but then again, it was a different time where you had to be more blatant about such things because representation just wasn't where it needed to be. Mm-hmm. All right. So they are going to have to go into the holodeck. Sweet. Sorry. Into Holosuite. 
And what should be the premise for this adventure that they have to play through? Oh, man. Well, it's a computer virus, isn't it? Yeah. That you're talking about? So what is... I'm just trying to think. I've been listening to a a podcast recently that has been, like, re-watching the James Bond films. And I'm trying to think of, like, the most over-the-top of all of the villains in that. And what the kind if the of computer virus somehow inhabited somehow, I don't know, some science way, but one of the characters themselves? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So does then any of them have any, like, metallic-y sort of computery bits in them for a virus to be instilled into them? Oh, maybe that's it. Maybe it's like... Because, um, like, in the, the original, like, Dr. No has... Uh, like bionic hands, so maybe this villain is like a like partially cybernetic, and that's what if it came in on in a Barzan's like breathy tubey things. <laughs> <laughs> breathy tube. This takes place in like the nineteen sixties. Yeah, but it's got to somehow get onto the station. Like, how did the virus get onto the oh, station? Oh, 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 I got you. I oh, got okay. you. I apologize. I thought you were talking about what character it was going to inhabit, so I apologize. No, it's, it's somehow uh, come onto maybe the station. It, oh, maybe it actually piggybacks in, like, in the little, like, data thing of the new secret agent story. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it could, and the thing is, is it could get into the system without setting off, like, biofilters because it's not organic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to be flagged as a disease or a virus of the typical kind. It's going to be you know there should be firewalls to keep it out and stuff like that mm. but it's very it's is it it has is it sentient is it that advanced when it could I think be so. as like advanced as the sphere data in a way yeah. from discovery like how discovery yeah. was protecting itself so i think it is yeah it's 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 some kind of sentient computer virus that gets into the system creates its own persona as a secret agent Bashir James Bond style villain. Okay. And then they have to go in and and stop it. Presumably its plot is dis- destroy the world unless ransom is paid. Typical. Yeah. Yeah. 1 million dollars. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was the wrong <laughs> franchise. <sighs> wrong franchise. So Okay, so what is the motivation for this mm. virus, this sentient virus? Why does it care? Why does it want to do any of this? What is it after? What does it want? Or is it just malevolent and wants to screw with people? Because people... Oh, does it just want to screw with people? Hmm. What if Cardassian technology has something that it desires and it's like super tasty for a sentient computer virus? Okay. Oh, yeah, that that works. Yeah, there's something that's hidden in the station systems that it's looking for. And then like within the program that manifests is it's like some like maybe this villain is some kind of like mining magnate who is like trying to dig deep underground to find this in-game MacGuffin, which in the real world represents this Cardassian technology that it's trying to find. Mm. Mm -hmm. We don't know what that Cardassian technology is, but 
it could, yeah. Do we need to know? No, nah. we don't need to. Okay, know. Just some yeah. bit of self stealing, self stealing stem bolts. <laughs> yes, it wants those self sealing stem bolts. <laughs> Somebody <and> wants them <laughs> because self sealing, you guys. Yes. I mean, it's not just a regular stem bolt. <laughs> I don't know why you don't get why these are so valuable. Okay. So in the real outside of the holodeck, it wants the self-stealing, self-sealing stem bolts. But in the holodeck, it represents as some kind of what, though? Like, what character can it inhabit? Does it inhabit one of our characters? Like, or put on a, not inhabit, but like, show and represent as one of our characters? Mm. That maybe one of our characters is actually off the station, and then they're like, oh, I thought you were off the station. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. That's an interesting twist. I think it would also be interesting if this if if it does manifest as one of the the cast or in this case the crew of Deep Space mm. 9 that that this person is in the character of something that isn't in the program so that Bashir's like yeah uh, this has never been programmed into the system i don't know what this is and they maybe they contact felix and say hey felix did you do this and he'll just be like nah i don't mm-hmm. know what you're talking about yeah so right. what if it's alluring yeah. like that <laughs> it's more it's more <laughs> <laughs> it's talking more it's t- you guys so that's how they know that Mo- some- oh no but Morn always talks yeah no 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 but in this case Morn is quiet <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah it's like it just gets into like the I'm just imagining this scene like there's always a scene where you know in like proper James Bond or something where he's finally like got past all the guards gets to like Blofeld's lair or whatever and he just turns around in the chair um, but he like turns around and it's Morn that could even be the oh, that could yeah. even be like the cold open. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like turns around. There's that sting that um, and then like Bashir looks up and it's Morn sitting there, maybe with like some kind of white fluffy like tribble or tug or something on his lap instead of like the white cat that Blofeld had, and then you just get this weird look, and then it's like cut to credits, like opening credits. <laughs> Oh my god, yes. I love it. (laughs) Oh my god. Oh wow. Uh, But can we make it, because you know how we never hear Morn talk in Deep Space Nine, but everyone's like, he's such a talkative person. Let's make mm -hmm. it such that Morn doesn't talk in this holodeck program, and that the, and the, it may be because the virus hasn't worked out how to do language yet or something. And then it talks or, at the very end. <laughs> that that could work. Or if he does talk, we never actually see him talking. Oh, we just hear the voice and yeah. see like the back of his head. Yeah, or just from like <laughs> below, and you see his hands. Well, because that was the deal with um, Blofeld in the in the early Bond films from like quite a lot of them. Even in the credits, like they never showed his face; you could just hear him speaking. And even in the credits, it was like question mark as. Uh, Blofeld. Yes. <laughs> so, if Morn is speaking, but we never hear him speak, what kind of accent does he have? Would it, would it be would it be like stereotypical like British in terms of like Queen's English kind of British? Or would it be? Well, yeah, because Cockney isn't 
isn't that all, the way Cockney <laughs> Morn? And all James James Bond villains are always British. Yeah, right? I mean his villains—they're always either British, German, or they're Russian. British or Christopher Walken, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, he should have that that refined villainous English accent. Okay. Just definitely posh. Definitely yes. very. Yeah, very. Uh, <laughs> ah, Mr. Bashir. Don't go, Daddy. Don't go. <laughs> I've got to go. They won't start the war without me. What? Daddy, I want you to bring me back a German with real hair. I'm sorry, I'm doing it. Is Eddie 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 I was going to say, what is going on? I mean, Daddy is a whole different concept to me. <laughs> 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 all war movies, all British war movies. Don't go, Daddy. Don't go. No, I must go. I must. Yeah. <laughs> real hair. Yeah, <laughs> the German with real hair. Anyway, a Cardassian mm. with real so hair. Ah, uh, okay. So we've got Morn as the villain. So have we decided that he's not going to talk at all until the very end, or that he's uh, every time he talks, we don't actually see? Yeah, him. we 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 don't see we his don't face see when he's talking. Okay, I find that hilarious. <laughs> all right, well, that's the cold open then. Yeah. Okay. So he's in the yeah first scene of uh of you know after the cold open. I think that's got to be like outside the holodeck. Maybe it's in ops, and they're already kind of like. Not scrambling, but they're like, something's wrong. What's going on? <laughs> the self-stealing, self, self-stealing. I've got to stop. Wow. Yeah. The self-stealing, self-stealing stumbles. Yep. They're starting to become unsealed on the station. <laughs> <laughs> that oh. would be a problem. Well, that's it. That's the, like, that's the, the, what is it? The dramatic tension. It's like, if this, you know, if villain mourn. AKA the computer virus uh, succeeds and beats secret agent Bashir and his, you know, and his posse of friends. Um, It, it destroys the station. Like he's trying to grab these stem bolts that are actually holding the station together. Yeah. And then the station will just go boom because it will explosively decompress. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe you wouldn't really hear it because space is a vacuum. Well, it will go. I mean, yeah, but we always. It'll go. How anticlimactic! <laughs> I know that's why there are always sound effects in space yeah. in most sci-fi shows because people expect it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can't have a show that's like silent and you're just watching all this stuff. How boring would that be? Yeah. I mean, oh it... yeah, Firefly really sucked in that regard. I don't remember that being a Firefly mm. thing. I thought Firefly yeah. was mostly yeah, they, on the ground. Were never. No, Firefly was very much in space as well, and every time they were in space, there were no sound effects when it was the exterior battles. Mm. Wasn't there? No. no. I binged they did it have a, so quickly no... that I don't remember it then. They made up for it with a lot of, you know, they made up for it with sound design and music and all that sort of stuff. Like, it was it was yeah. rarely actually silent. They just yeah, did for dramatic the, effects. Yeah, there weren't sound effects. Yeah. There weren't phaser sounds or, yeah. okay. you know, weapon sounds or engine sounds mm. outside of the ship. If you were inside the ship, of course, there's atmosphere in there. But, yeah, that was that was the one thing that – the one show that did – actually, I think they do that in The Expanse as well. Well, The Expanse has the kind of, like, yeah. deadened – noise i think i remember yeah. actually seeing a behind the scenes one of that where they were talking about it. they're like they still felt that they had to have some kind of sound effect because there was so much space battle stuff in that 
They were just like, silence would be good, but if we did it that way, we'd have like five minutes of silence in this show. Yeah. No, that's what music's for. Yeah. So. <laughs> just have like a crash of some drums every time something's hit. <laughs> just, that works anyway just, sorry uh mm. so something's wrong the self-sealing stem bolts are unsealing <laughs> yeah. i'm writing it down oh and then and then they don't realize what's going on and somehow i don't know who but nog and jake are found walking around on the promenade and a couple of them run up, rush up to Nog and Jake to be like, have you got any of those self-sealing self sealing stem bolts? <laughs> <laughs> just as a way to get Nog and Jake into it. Yeah, mm-hmm. just a brief cameo. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to start abbreviating S-S-S-B. <laughs> self-sealing stem bolts. Good idea. Right. Because otherwise I have to write that out every time and it gets tedious. Yeah. <laughs> okay so all right so now we've got this problem mm-hmm. and how do they figure out that they have to solve it through the hollow suite oh yeah so they can tell where the first yeah maybe right, they maybe are... they can just tell that the self the, the sssbs are starting to come apart in quark's bar first Okay. And like yeah, they followed, maybe, they followed yeah. the trace back and like they can take the trace back there in, into the yeah they follow the trace back and uh, it's leading to like mm, it's, it seems to be coming from Hollow Suite three uh, and they're like who's in there right now oh Bashir's running his secret agent program yeah because Bashir's tra- they, inside the the Hollow Suite still um, because yes. and he doesn't know what else is going on mm-hmm. I like that. But who? Yeah. So then, and then, okay. So that's how they work out this with the Hollow Suite. That's nice and easy. But how do we get our characters know that they have to fix it inside the Hollow Suite? Maybe there's just like a just a com thing from Kira to Bashir. Like Bashir, yeah. what's going on? It's um, like I don't know. Yeah, More he's in, yeah. That's when he's like, something is wrong with my something is wrong with my program. The villain isn't who he's supposed to be. Uh, yeah, and maybe something can happen. It can, uh, you know, villain Morn can, like, push a button or something like that. Um, you know, activating one of his, like, mining lasers or whatever. Where he's like, I will find uh, the Z8 crystal, even if I have to destroy the entire continent to do it. Uh, and, you know, pushes the button. There's a rumble. The whole station rumbles. They're like, oh, I see. Mm-hmm. I like, I like it. it. I like it. Yeah. Is Morn wearing like an oversized suit? Pinstripe? Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Or a gray Every, suit. Everyone in this episode is wearing tuxedos. Okay. Fantastic. Everyone? Everyone? Perfect. Yeah. Including the ladies. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> no. And then we can have an offhand right. comment from Worf saying, a bow tie. Klingons don't wear bow ties. <laughs> right. It is too restrictive. <laughs> okay actually yeah he can complain about it being too restrictive and then dax can give him some comment about like klingon wedding dresses (laughs) yes Yes. agree um they try and shut down the holodeck a holo suite and it doesn't work yeah it's not working the only way to go Um, in is to go in yeah it's not working Predictably, I think, of course, this is the point where they realize oh, the safety protocols have been disabled. 
Of course they have, because you can't have a malfunctioning hollow suite without safety protocols being disabled. And but that that actually would make sense because the virus would do that yeah. itself. Yeah. So. Okay. I love it. <laughs> this is so ridiculous yeah. and so much fun. Yeah. So it's like uh, pretty. I guess it's pretty soon after this he realizes that he might need some help. So whether it's like everyone actually like comes in as the, yeah, everyone else is like coming in because like. It, the, maybe the holodeck sealed itself and maybe they figure out a way to beam in or at least like beam their personalities in to inhabit these new characters okay who do we keep outside and who do we put inside the whole suite because some have got to stay out in oh, ops yeah. etc I feel like O'Brien is the one that should have to stay outside I was just about to say that okay <laughs> He doesn't get to have any fun. Plus, he's a family man, and they can't risk having something happen to him in the holodeck because Keiko would be super pissed. Yeah, if that's how he went out. Mm-hmm. So Garrett has to go in quite simply because yep. it's oh, for sure. I I have an entire scene in mind for for you know revealing that Garrick's in there with them. Can I say that Quark has to be in there because Quark's like a mining magnate. This this could be like my chance to be able to like. <laughs> Somehow make profit or something. Yeah. Learn some tips. Yeah, I would think so. Also, he would have a vested interest. Yeah, he's like, it's, it's my... Because sweets are his money makers. Yeah, yeah it's that's my bar. It's my holo suite. So he goes in. He's like, it's my Do bar. Keeps... My holo suite. We... And my best customer is in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do we keep Cisco outside in ops or does he go in? Oh, maybe... Part of me wants Kira and Dax in there. I definitely want Kira oh, and Dax. I definitely want Kira yeah. and Dax. Yeah, definitely get the ladies up in there. Yeah, being badasses. Let's, let's keep Cisco out then. Yeah, the only reason I would want Cisco to be in there is because I just loved that character of uh, Hippocrates Noah, who he played. Mm-hmm. So if he were going to like play that again, like a reformed villain, um, that would be fun. But nah, maybe we can keep. Maybe he can stay out and direct. Mm. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, let's 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 have jury out on Cisco one, and the, until we work out the other ones. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. So we've already had Jake and Cisco and Jake and Nog in the episodes. So we don't need them to be in there. Yeah, I think maybe for the for the moment. How about Kira and Dax go in uh, and, and Worf? To- yeah, because they need like. The muscle well, and, that, and, and, and that's <laughs> all and that's all for now like we think that's everyone because then we can have a, a reveal of garrick later okay right. Wait, what about odo and ron though uh, right i think odo would stay out because it's like oh you solid fascination with playing other characters mm. well and he also is the chief of security <gasps> yeah he could no no he could things could get like super shit hit the fan kind of scenario and he could be the one that like spreads him his like stuff out to try and hold the station together Ooh! oh wow trying literally physically hold it together yeah and yeah and i think rom should be working on the problem from the outside as well agree yeah because he's such a good engineer mm. yes but maybe he can be there like on the comms talking them through different things Mm -hmm. like he can see 
how they're progressing in the story and how that relates to like how things are actually progressing with like repairing or destroying the station. Okay, I like yes. that. So I feel like this we're not to this point yet in the story, but I feel like at some point this virus is going to cut off communications outside the holosuite. Yes. And so they're going to be on their own to figure out the solution oh, yeah. while everyone outside is freaking out and the station's pulling apart and Odo's doing his thing, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Cool. We should contact cool, Iris cool. Stephen Bear and be like, yo, make this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We could actually turn this into a feature film because there is enough material that we could create an entire movie. Mm. So. <laughs> it's just a shame we don't have uh, René Aubergenois to I know. do Odo. Yeah, and I think a lot of them are too old to do some of the things now. <laughs> mm. Then we do it animated. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. Oh, we, we should send it to Mike film. McMahon. Let's let's actually like write this out and send it to Mike McMahon. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's oh. like, here is a story proposal for you. Could you please do an animated feature film of this? <laughs> or even just a short track. I feel like this is exactly the oh, sort of we story get he it would done in a short trek. But for this short is exactly the sort of story together. he would be up for, though. Like, just just thinking about his TNG season eight stuff. This is exactly the kind of like messed up holodeck hijinks that I feel like <laughs> is is exactly his deal. Right up his street. Yes. Mm. All right. So, excellent. Given we've got Kira, Dax, Worf, and Quark in there. What kind of characters do they inhabit? And well, I think immediately that Kira and Dax are going to claim some of the badasses. Oh yeah. While the guys are just going, <laughs> wouldn't Dax would yeah, have like... to be some form? I mean, not that I want to stereotype Dax into a hole, but she's the smartest. I feel out of mm. all of them in terms of ability intellectually. So she'd have to have, whilst a badass, but also have that sort of scientific oh. approach to it don't you think she could she be is like kind the, of give a science officer or she could be like the yes. the gadget one she could be the equivalent of q, q not yeah not john delancey q but like james bond movie q no right right no that's what i mean yeah was that q not, yeah not, that's yeah is that Judy that's what i meant too no that's m m oh who's q uh Q's the one that builds all the gadgets oh yeah. the hot guy okay yeah yeah, the one, oh, what was his, I can't remember his name. I know who he is. Uh, he was also in Mary Poppins Returns, and I'm like, good Lord, I didn't know you could sing. You're breaking my heart right now. Oh, wow. But that's another story. Um, don't know if you've seen Mary Poppins Returns. I have I seen Mary Poppins Returns. Oh, that's the quartermaster. That's right. Yeah. That's what Q stands for. Then <clears throat> we sure? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Whatever, whatever it is. Good, good old, good old Ben. Hmm. So okay. Yeah. So basically, Dax plays Q. You know, or yeah. is a sort of Q. In a way, like she comes in and she has all access to all the like funky, cool spy gadgets. Cool. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Kira gets the so eye patch. <laughs> Um, Why my my spelling is shocking this morning? I just spelled eye patch I E Y P A T H. And I sorry, I, I spelled scientist earlier S I C E N T S T. Like my handwriting, my spelling is fucked. 
Oh my goodness. Gadget, G-A-G-E-T. So, I feel like I'm a child again. <laughs> maybe maybe you are regressing. Um, I completely have. We can, we can still have Dax be part of the action. Oh, oh yeah. Have her be yeah, they're all going to be part of the action. Master, so to speak. Mm-hmm. We should probably come up for a name for that. You know, that's Bond-ish, but not Q. Okay, so Kira. G, Gadget Master. <laughs> I, I like it, actually. Mm-hmm. Gadget Master. I mean, it's a, it's a blatant rip-off, so why not? <laughs> yeah. So why not? Yeah. It's, it's totally, it's all in good fun. So, except, you know, the station will be destroyed and them along with it if they don't succeed. Okay, so Kira. <laughs> What is Kira up to? What does she want to do? She's she's gonna be that person who is very capable mm. at fighting. Yeah, yeah. But with a twist. What's yeah. her twist? What's the twist? Wasn't the eye patch the twitch twist that she lost? <laughs> she's got <laughs> bad depth perception. Uh, she's <laughs> she's really good in like close quarters combat. Maybe she can be a little bit like um in like Jaws. When he eventually turns good at the end of Moonraker, just like ridiculously physically strong. Uh, okay, so she's ridiculously physically strong. But how does that work if she's still herself, but she's just playing a character? Because I mean, she just looks. The program, yeah. The program will react to that. Oh, okay. As in, yeah. You know, whatever she does, however she interacts with the holographic bad guys and whatnot oh but but whatever yes it'll just be she'll punch someone but it'll like punch times three yeah and then they go flying out a a hole through their head or something yeah (laughs) that would be hilarious if the first time she punches somebody she literally knocks his head off and she's just like (laughs) (laughs) oh oops the stray pack led in there (laughs) (laughs) oh my head's missing (laughs) Oh, that would be, the, I mean, that's a little graphic, but, you know, just something like that yeah, would yeah. be fun. Okay. Oh. Okay. What's what's her name? Uh, golly, I suck at names. Something Bond-ish. Mm. Golly Blaster. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's more of a 50s sci-fi name. <laughs> Uh, oh my god, I love it. Yeah, I wrote that down. <laughs> cool. Alright. There it is. It's canon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is, is that first and last name or just last name? First, first and last name. Okay. <laughs> the blaster is spelled U-R instead of E-R. There we go. Blaster. 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 Ollie Blaster. <laughs> that's that's it. That's oh yes, it. we found it. She's French. B L A S T E U R. Perfect. Ollie <laughs> Blaster. Blaster. Ollie Blaster. Guys, you know just how stupidly ridiculous we are. Yes, because James Bond is stupidly stupidly yeah. ridiculous, but we're having a great time. Oh, now, don't goodness. get me wrong. I am a, a James Bond fan. Yeah. I don't like the older stuff because of the blatant sexism. 
but I like the newer I still, ones. I grew up, I grew up watching that with my dad. So, yeah, yeah, you know. And I've only t- I, I've watched a couple like Golden. Is it Golden Eye? I've seen that one. Golden Eye. Um, and a couple of them, but I prefer the newer ones. And I really want a Agree. black James yeah. Bond. Agree. Mm. I think the next one's Tom Hardy or something, isn't it? Is that what's been announced? Really? Or is that a rumor? Or did I dream it? it? It's possible. Sometimes my dreams, I think, are real. Because it's <laughs> vivid. Also, that's probably not what I was doing with Tom Hardy in my dream. But anyway, let's carry on. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Quark. Uh, I think Quark should be a, like, I don't know, like, cigar-smoking Felix Leiter type. I'm just imagining Quark with a big cigar. Yeah, basically Quark with a cigar. Yeah, I, I agree. Quark with cigar. Do you got a name? Um, Dolomite. <laughs> nice. Yes. Like it. D-O-L-L-A-R-M-I-T-E, which oh realistically God. is the Commonwealth Banks thing. But yep. <laughs> that- <laughs> yeah, but here's the funny thing is, is that it sounds the way with your accent, it sounds like Dolomite, yep. which is a whole, that's <laughs> great. I love it. I love it. <sighs> Fantastic. Brandy, just just for context, so the Commonwealth Bank here, which is like Australia's largest bank, has a like kids' accounts and they call them Dolomites. Of course they do. Yeah, like this was, you must have had it at, at school as well, Liam. Like they actually oh, have the these, UK, like. I know, but. <laughs> oh, of course. But yeah, they. For us, it's it's like a, you know, your, your first savings account thing, you know, learn how to do banking when you're a kid. And they would give you a little you know booklet and stuff and it had these little mascots on them which were these weird looking aliens which were called dolomites <laughs> probably still have my old like commonwealth bank savings book or whatever in a box at my parents place you have to find that and bring it to the next recording so i can see it <laughs> i will i'll try if i'm allowed to go and visit them between now and then i'll find it no that's that's fair that's fair but someday i want to see that oh i'll find I'd it like i'll show you that. excellent okay so we've got quark uh what about Worf? he can be the muscle but he can mm. be like the person that stands in the background that's like just glowering in the background and his name can be he's got a he has to put on an english accent as well just because that'll be ridiculous oh, yes mm-hmm. and his name should be cuddlesworth <laughs> yes just because he's so like angry looking yes yes cuddlesworth, cuddlesworth. perfect yes <laughs> all right and then when garrick shows up who is garrick do we wait for Garrick or give given your scene or do you want to do that now? Uh let's wait. I feel like Garrick should, can can be, you know Yeah, well we'll deal with yeah. Garrick when he shows up. That's fine with me. Alright. Okay. <laughs> so we've got our characters. Just just do you wanna just repeat our character names, just so we know? Yes. Well we have we have Dax as gadget master, who mm-hmm. provides all of the wonderful spy gadgets, but is also a badass. Uh, we've got uh, Kira, who is ridiculously physically strong, playing Holly Blastieu. <laughs> Good luck to ever be able to say that without laughing. Uh, we have uh, Quark, basically Quark with a cigar, and he's Dollar Mike. 
<laughs> and Worf just glowering in the background has a British accent and is called Cuddlesworth. <laughs> Perfect. I'm having the best time, you guys. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So they're beamed into the holodeck. Yeah. So they're all Where in. Where do they beam into? They're just Dr. Bashir's home. I was going to say it, it would either have to be his home or it would have to be like some kind of nightclub, casino, whatever. I like that. Yeah. Thing. They meet they meet in a club. Okay. Just any old club. Yep. Oh, and then we get like a silly comment by Quark saying, "Well, this place looks better than my place. I have to find out how they did it." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Got it. What's the in-story thing? So, obviously, Evil Morn is a mining magnate, and he was yep, doing... Yeah, so in-story, Evil Morn is, like, mining deeper and deeper into the Earth to get some kind of, like, unobtainium MacGuffin crystal. Um, mm-hmm. MacGuffinite. Yeah, cool, sure, MacGuffinite. Um, okay, is that M-A-C or M-C? MK. Uh, yeah. Let's let's call it McGuffinite. Yeah. McGuffinite. Um Okay. And in doing so, he is just gonna cause like these massive seismic um collapse which will just destroy the continent of Europe. Or something like that. Okay. It'll collapse back into the ocean. Which isn't that the exact same thing as what was in Armand Bashir? Yeah, it's sim- yeah, he was going to... Oh, that's right, because he was like Dr. Noah. So, Well, he was just going to like raise the sea levels of the whole world. Yeah. Yeah, that's what he was going to do. So we're going to... Vi- Make everything an island. We're going to vibrate the world then with evil morn. Yeah. To get them to break like- apart the continents. Yeah. Basically, it's, it's instead of still having some land, it would just be the dissolution of all land. It needs to have some kind of analogy to what the self-sealing stem bolts are doing to the station, though. So perhaps what if the MacGuffinite is the crystal and the crystal structure is actually what actually keeps like the earth together. And then yeah. if the earth doesn't, you know, you've got the MacGuffinite, etc. but then the earth explodes instead of like okay. falling apart. Like it does the same thing as what the station would do if the self-sealing stem bolts disappeared. Yeah. That works. So like massive vibration. Okay, so vibration is cracking the crystal. Mm-hmm. The dark crystal. Oh, don't make me sad. It didn't get renewed for another season. Yeah, I'm 100% really? pissed about that one. So angry. So angry. Especially since it did so well. Mm-hmm. I don't know how Netflix measures anything, because mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff they do makes no sense to me. Hang on, I wonder, so. if, I wonder if I can do it. <clears throat> I, used to, I could do, a, I could do the, is it The Scientist? Is it that the one that I like? I can't remember. Ske- Skeksis? Don't, no, can't do it. Ske- Damn it, I could do it. It's just too early in the morning. I need my voice to go. I'll record myself later doing a Skeksis. <laughs> no. Okay, that's fair. Because Jordan's like, oh my god. Oh my god, you sound like the Skeksis. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just Deet, the one who feels everything and <laughs> is always taking on too much and protecting oh. everybody else at the cost of my own health and life. Anyway. Who's the who's the one that Simon Pegg plays? 
because that's the I one that forget. I do, or I can almost do. I forget. I know who you're talking about, but I forget. Yeah, anyway, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll do it later for you because I, I can do it when my voice is all right. I believe you. I believe you. Okay, so we've got Crystal uh, McGuffin. Um, the, not to be confused with the McGuffinite, for which the Evil Morn is mining deep into the earth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, if he manages to explode this crystal, then bye bye Earth and bye bye Deep Space Nine. Yep. All right. Cool. cool. Okay, so they've got to come up. They've got to formulate a plan to stop him. Yes. So what is that plan going to be? How does it usually? How do these things usually play out? Ridiculously. Break into the villain's <laughs> lair. Get past all of his minions. Someone needs to be uh, tied down to a thing or, like, strung up over a shark tank or something like that and then just Quark. left with the, with the assumption that they will die, but, of course, they don't. Definitely Quark. Quark. Would it be a shark <laughs> tank or would it be a... It's on Earth, so it'd have to be, isn't it? It's Earth in the 60s, so, yeah, a shark tank. A tank of be. eels! Yes, eels, that's right. Electric that's eels! <laughs> yeah. And they need to work out how to uh, get Quark down from there, or are we leaving him there? We can just leave him there. Yeah. Let's leave him there. Because <laughs> really, what, what good is he? <laughs> mm-hmm. And then as we're leaving him there, he screams out that he wants to find out the secrets of the mining magnate for profit. And then that'll be that. <laughs> yep. And then, where? so they've got to get themselves to a lair, but how do they get to Morn's lair? They have to go in there somehow but there yeah. needs to be a problem before oh. that. So what could be the problem before that? You know how, like, in All our right. year, they had to get to Noah, but they had to go via Wharf in a card game? Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, like, it's he's doing all of this mining. His lair is deep underground. Okay. Fair. So, and that's that's where um, Dax slash Gadget Master comes in with some kind of, like, the mole from Thunderbirds, you know, this sort of, like, digging dun, device. Dun, 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 dun. I love Thunderbirds so much. I used to call that Digga Digga Mole when I was a child. Ah, cute. It's Digga Digga Mole, mummy. Digga Digga Mole. (laughs) Oh my god. Can we do a Thunderbirds episode? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how, but I'd love to. I will be completely lost because Thunderbirds were not a thing here when I was growing up. Seriously. Oh, you need to download it. Well, I'm sure there's a YouTube of it. I'll send you a YouTube video of my favourite ones. Mm. The one where they move. Anything with the fire flash, Nick. Anything with the fire flash is my favourite episode. Also, um, the crocodile one. I really enjoy that one. I had the crocodile one on videotape. I watched that one so much. Yeah. (laughs) How they use, like, baby crocodiles against these puppets. Oh, it's so funny. Um... I have no context for any of this. That's okay. Basically, I don't have any context here as the idiot is. They, they have to go and oh, save the bayou from giant crocodiles, which, of course, for filming, they used relatively small baby crocodiles destroying models. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. So Dax is made like uh, the mole from Thunderbirds equivalent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But on their way down, they get stuck by something. Is it like, uh, should we say that it's the layer before the layer? Oh, maybe. 
and in there you've got like a whole load of mini morns to fight. Mini No, we're doing we're doing James Bond, not Austin Powers. <laughs> oh yeah, good point. <laughs> no, yeah, they 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 break through and there's this sort of outer layer of tunnels and stuff. And once they get in there they're like, oh the 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 next layers of earth are too are too tough. The, the molten can't get through there, so we're going to have to go through these caves and tunnels. It's like when you're in Minecraft and you've mined down to the bedrock and yep. you can't break it. <laughs> Sorry, that's the only frame of reference I really had there. Mm-hmm. So. That's all good. I, I can't play Minecraft because it makes me seasick. You know what? I have to sit further away from the television and I have to not play it for more than about an hour at a time. And then I'm okay. Hmm. Mm. I just play a lot of Minecraft. Um, okay. So they're going through these tunnels, and what do they find in these tunnels? Oh, so I think in these tunnels, traps. they. Yeah, traps. They fight through. Is this where the eel yep. tank is for Quark? I would think so, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I would think so, but I also think that, like, later on, they're all trapped, or at least they think they're all trapped, and maybe this is where we can bring Garrick in. Okay, but what are they trapped by? Are they trapped by the eels? All of them? Oh, or... how about everyone except Bashir is trapped by the eels? Okay. Or is trapped over the eel tank. And Bashir is trying to fight his way through to try and rescue them. Gets into, you know, because these underground layers, they always have like one lavish room. Uh, and it's like the the scene, uh, I think it's where Kira as whatever her character was in the Arman Bashir is revealed by like the the rotating bed. <laughs> so that turns around and it's Garrick there in like a tuxedo <laughs> and it just oh. was like My dear doctor, the fantasies you get up to <laughs> okay. Can we can can we please make this an episode where Bashir and Garrick kiss? It works for me. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was trying to lead in that direction. You were? Oh, awesome. <laughs> I, I don't see how we can can't not do that. I don't see how we how we Yeah. I'm trying to say we should do that. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So Garrick turns around in a sexy bed. Yeah. <laughs> so there's sort of surprise and awkwardness for a moment. Um until he just gets up and says, you know, Oh, what's been waiting Everyone for else you, is trapped. Doctor? <laughs> Can his name just be Garrick? I think it should be. Yeah. Like he's maybe he is he has taken on the role that, you know, in a lot of these sort of scenarios, you know, like James Bond films and stuff, there'll be the like the other secret agent who comes in who is usually like some sexy KGB woman or something like that. Um Garrick, Garrick can play a sexy KGB woman. Mm. Exactly. You know, Garrick has just taken on that role. His name could be just Sexy Garrick. <laughs> sexy Garrick. Sure, I like it. Stupid Sexy Garrick. Looks <laughs> like I'm wearing nothing at all. Nothing at all. <laughs> oh. Right. There was a really funny little like comic thing that I saw that someone had drawn. I wish I had saved the picture of it or if I could find it again, but it was like Bashir holding up like this low-cut frock coat kind of thing that looks very much like what um, Khan wore in The Wrath of Khan. Just saying, you know, Garak, I'm not going to wear this. I will wear this sort of thing that Khan Singh wore the day you put on a, Star Trek, uh, a Starfleet uniform. 
And then it's like Garrick raising an eyebrow. The next frame is Garrick wearing like the the early TNG short sleeve scant. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Okay, so Sexy right. Garrick is now among us. So yep, yeah, Sexy Garrick turns up. Uh so now they're both there and together they have to save everyone else. Or at least everyone except Quark. Maybe we can Maybe they manage to save everyone, then there's, like, a rumble. Yep, so they save, like, Dax, Kira, and Worf. There's, like, a rumble, stuff starts falling. Maybe it's around about now that they lose communication with the outside. Yeah, I was just going to say yeah. that, because I realised they can't save Quark, and they try and do the communication to try and be like, hey, beam Quark out of here, but they can't get through, so they just have to leave Quark above the eels. <laughs> and he's just waiting there, he's like, wait, guys? <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I'll just I'll just hang here. So this is where we cut to I reckon to ops where we've got yeah. Cisco and uh da, 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 Rom and O'Brien. O'Brien, that's the other one. And Odo out there trying to work out what's going on. They realize they can't get to like the communications in the holodeck and they can't beam them out either because, you know, the transporter room's self-sealing stem bolts are screwed, so that system yeah. is all down. And then they start trying to evacuate Deep Space Nine. Okay. Yeah. They're at that point they're like, right, evacuate the station to Bajor, just yeah. in case. Mm-hmm. So then you've got everyone running around and you've got Keiko going, Oh no, I can't find Molly just for no reason. <laughs> just so we can put Keiko in the episode. Yeah. Just because we need a C plot. Mm-hmm. Just a minor C plot. Can't find Molly. <laughs> Minor. <laughs> That's already the A, the B plot, A plot, A plot, B plot. Minor, mining. Oh, <laughs> oh. I'm, so, oh. I'm sorry. I didn't do that well enough for either of you to understand. Oh. Just, they were just folks for for those at no. home listening right now. They were both just staring at me on the screen, like, "What are you doing?" Uh, it's 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 the morning. Uh, brain not in full gear yet. No, it, was, it was. I explained it very poorly. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, this is when Odo comes to his realization that he might have to start potentially using himself to try and hold the station together. Oh yeah, yeah. Like he sort of runs up to like part of the promenade where things are sort of starting to starting to tear, or there's like bits of hull plating that are sort of moving away. There's like little like jets of atmosphere escaping and he just starts sending out like tendrils of goo to cover these spots and just like pull it all together yes definitely cool i can actually visualize this yeah me yeah. too which which shows i think we're doing a very good job we are mm. we are indeed okay so should we go back into the lair now yes yeah back in the lair they're all like running down a tunnel and they're finding their way, dodging the MacGuffinite crystals coming out the wall, like stabbing them. Oh, yeah, these crystals are just like smashing out through the wall. Mm -hmm. It's like sharp spikes of crystal. Yeah, and then Worf, oh, sorry, Cuddlesworth is in front and he's like punching his way through them. Yeah. Of course he is. Oh, well, Kira could do that too. Yeah. They're faced with a whole lot of I think. Um... I think I, the only reason I'm saying that Worf is, uh, Cuddlesworth is doing it is so that we can have the big fight with Kira at the end. Okay. I think, so that Kira saves the day. Got it. Yeah, nice. 
All right. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of a lot of like your typical Bond villains have like have a lieutenant or like a left hand man or something who is like the big guy. Mm. Um. So yeah, Kira can have like a big punch on with with whoever that is, like the big bodyguard. Nice. Mm. Okay. So worse punching through crystals. Yep. Or even just like barreling through. Mm, good old Cuddlesware. <laughs> All right. Love it. Brandy, you're going to have such a hard time finding names for this episode. <laughs> you can have like a list this long. <laughs> yes. Okay. So they make it through the tunnels. All right. Yeah. They're through the tunnels. They're into like the main villain lair. And it's just like stark, uh, modernist, brutalist architecture as far as the eye can see. Brutalist. Elaborate on what that looks like. Sorry. So I oh, just, I forget the name of the guy, but there was the same guy who designed all of the sets for like pretty much all of the early James Bond films, which is why they all have that. And then again, they recreated that in like Austin Powers mean, like for like Dr. Castle. Evil's Lair. More like the the underground evil layers and stuff. It's like it's all really stark, like white and grey walls, lots of bare metal. Oh, um, okay. Like like yeah. a hospital in a way. Yeah, it looks like a clean room. Um Oh, okay. Yep. With Morn in the middle of it. Mm, behind like his like white stone desk or something. Mm-hmm. Then they try talk it out, but talking out doesn't work. Mm. It never does. Yeah. He's got to do something that, so, okay, let's say as they're running in, uh, Cuddlesworth is like bashing his way through some crystals and stuff, but eventually he gets to a point where the only way to let everyone else through is that he lets himself get trapped. I think we have to somehow get the others out of the equation so that it comes down to just Garrick and Bashir versus Morn. Okay. So, like, we've got Kira and Dax are, like, still not, like, trapped or anything, but maybe, like, they're occupied fighting other, like, you know, minions and bodyguards and stuff. Right. Basically, what it's if? like, I'll hold them, you go on. Yeah. Sort of thing. I'll hold them, you hold go on. Here. Okay. What if What if that's what Cuddlesworth's doing? Yeah. What if Gadget Master Dax, what if she gets pinned down by some of the MacGuffinite? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Kira. Kira's going to be doing... What if Kira went with Bashir and Garrick? Okay. Okay, and then she can she fights off like the big bodyguard. Yeah. Because every, every villain's got to have that, that guy. Yep. Yeah. Now, and whoever that bodyguard is, is just a random person. Doesn't matter who yeah. it is. Um, so that's what Kira's doing. And then in the end, it comes down to Bashir, Garrick. And Evil Morn. Yeah. Because there's nothing that has stopped the computer. Has, has Gadget Master created anything to be able to stop the computer virus? Uh, may, actually, maybe she is doing that. Maybe there's a console, actually, Ooh. that she's working okay. at. Yes. Okay. Yep, so she's not... No, so, okay, so she's not pinned down by the MacGuffinite. Yeah, there's a, there's a console within the villain lair, like, within the program, but she realises that she can use it to access, like the station systems on the outside yeah, cool. and start sort of fighting off yes. the, the villain that way. Definitely. But then can we still get her pinned down by some MacGuffinite while she's almost at the very, very end? And then that's how, like, that Garrick and Bashir can finalise it. Like, they yep. can press the button. I think there's there's something that, maybe not pinned down, but, like, it, it, like, seals the space. Like, she is at this console, but 
can't get from there to where Garrick and Bashir are. Yeah. He's like, no, I have to stay here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Cool. All right. And then what happens in the final bit between Morn and Bashir and Garrick? How do these sorts of things normally go down? Do they? I feel like it's got to. It's got to be. It's got to be a bit of a twist, maybe. Mm. I'm not good at twists. But what is the thing that you ex- you would normally expect to happen? Or actually, yeah. So what you'd normally expect is like, you the James Bond esque secret agent goes in, and the villain is somehow killed by their own creation or something to do with themselves, like. Mm-hmm. I think, like, Dr. No falls in his own vat of radioactive fluid or something. Oh, okay. My mind is escaping on all of them. But it is it is along those lines. Like, you'd presume he'd be, like, blasted by his own mining laser or something like that. That's what I was going to say. What if he got blasted by his own mining laser and that's what Dax was doing at the console? <gasps> oh, okay. I, Reroute, I like that. Rerouting the mining laser. Okay, yeah. but they've got to buy her time. So yes, how are so, they going to buy so her? So Garrick and Bashir are going in to keep him talking, keep him like well, he, villain monologuing. Because they know Morn is a talker. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And we, it's funny because we just, we never see Morn's mouth moving. We just, we're all, the camera's always behind the back of its head, yep. pointed behind at Bashir and Garrick while they're talking. So we hear yes. Morn, but we never see him talking, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this. Okay, so they keep Morn talking. And then we, get, we get some things about like Garrick's past in the Obsidian Order, maybe, as well. Just little one-off comments. That there yeah. should be some of that where they realize that they're not dealing with just you know, a holographic representation of Morn, that now yeah. this this entity, this this virus, this mechanically, technologically advanced sentient virus now knows stuff about them. Yeah. Because okay. we can have a great bit where Garrick can just, where they're deciding that this is the plan, you know, and Garrick can just be like, uh, but my dear doctor, often some of the worst villains cannot be defeated with you, know, you can't simply shoot or punch your way through a situation. Sometimes all you need to do is talk. I like it. Hence they go in, get villain Morn talking and, you know, waste his time. And then eventually, you know, we have a shot where, you know, Dax is just like, got it, pulls the lever and then just like, pew, mining laser beam. Can he explode in a whole bunch of self-sealing stem bolts? That would be the <laughs> best thing ever. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and, and then the holodeck program shut, and the holosuite program shuts down, or and... it like partially shuts down, and it's like because everyone else sort of beamed themselves in, they didn't go in through the door. Maybe they like get beamed out again, and we're just left with Garrick and Bashir alone in the holosuite. Um, and it's like, everything's done, the day is saved, the station is saved, but the door's still sealed and they're stuck in there. Okay. <laughs> right. And it's just like, wrong to be like, um, oh, don't don't worry, we'll, we'll have you out in a few minutes. And you can just like look at each other and it's like, 
There's no rush wrong. <laughs> <laughs> So I have I have an idea. So I mean, has that ended the story pretty much? I think so. We can put in a few more details. I might have just kind of rushed us to that ending. No, it's okay. Because if we get any more detail, this is going to be longer than an actual episode of the show would be. (laughs) I've got an idea for the end, though. Oh, perfect for us. Oh yeah. So like everything's ending. You know, like how there's always like a final ending two minutes or something mm-hmm. so yeah. they're all talking about it they're either in ops or on the promenade or something like that and then they look out the window and the wormhole opens and they're like something's coming through the wormhole i've got no idea what's what it is and it comes through and it turns out to be a battered einstein class starship from the 2200s <laughs> <laughs> yes nice all of the yes, yes. Every yes, 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 yes. <laughs> okay, oh, but perfect. But you know, are we gonna see more action between Garrick and Bashir than just a kiss, or you know, are they gonna? Are we gonna? Just... Oh no, 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 no! It was just what it should be. Oh, sorry, is this in the layer still? It yes, was, yes, yes. Can it just be a, a kiss, and then that's it? And they look at each other like, oh, Doctor, didn't know you felt yeah, this way. It's just like that. Sort of like a just a moment that's sort of just left hanging for a while okay. yeah it's just that that moment that tease they're like oh there's there's no rush rom we're we're fine in here they just sort of like start moving closer and then it's like fades to fade to the next scene <laughs> it's all just implied right okay yeah. cool. i don't know i don't know if that is, if that's too much of a of a like tease and like not showing it but like that i just I feel like that fits with Garrick and Bashir. Yeah, because you, you don't ever know what spe- you know. Doing you never know mm-hmm. yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So <laughs> I think we've just written an amazing episode. I think. Oh we yeah. Have <laughs> and then we have our little serialized teaser for um, our own little fanship turning up. Mm-hmm. Which I love. That's so great. I'm, hang on, I'm just writing this down. Now, listeners to the Vedic Assembly, if you don't know what an Einstein-class starship is and what we're referring to, we do go urge you to listen to, I believe it's the Edge 90 called Saurian Brandy on the Trek FM network. Just listen to that one and then you'll know what we're talking about. Yes. Mm. And we can, we can honestly, I still have all of my notes, of course, from the characters we created, and we can do a brief uh, refreshing of that when we begin another writer's room (laughs) talking about the USS Wadley Pari. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so good. Oh my God, you guys. (laughs) Oh. Do you want to give us a rundown of what we just made, Randy? I'm going to try. Um, a lot of this okay. is jumbled because we kept uh, changing our minds. So I apologize for any uh, mess ups. So uh, we've, we've got your standard day on Deep Space Nine, but something has infected the computer and has taken up residence in the Holodex computer or the Holo Suites computer core because it's large. And has lots of room mm. and things to play with in there. 
So things start malfunctioning most obviously. The self-sealing stem bolts or SSSBs are now unsealing. And things are starting to come apart a little bit. Uh, during this time, of course, Bashir is on the hollow, in one of the hollow suites doing his secret agent thing again. And he has just uh, found out who the villain is. It was one of those things where, you know, you come in and there's someone at a desk and they're talking and then they turn around and we see that it's Morn. How is it Morn? And we never see Morn's mouth move. Anytime he's talking, the camera is not on his face. <laughs> so everybody is trying to figure out what's going on on the outside. Uh, people are now rushing up to Nog and Jake saying, hey, do you still have those self-sealing stem bolts? <laughs> and they're just <laughs> like, what? Why? <laughs> uh, things start coming apart in Quark's bar. So he has a very vested interest in getting this problem solved. And what is going on in the Hollow Suite is that uh, they, they trace all of these, the origin of all of these problems to Hollow Suite 3 where Bashir is. And the villain Morn in there is using his mining lasers to start mining this particular MacGuffinite crystal. <laughs> <laughs> and while when he every time he's using the lasers the outside the station the whole station of deep space nine is rumbling so they know it's all connected so of course hmm. they've got to go in and and help out Bashir they can't get in in the traditional way so they're going to beam them in so of course uh the people who are going are going to be Dax, Kira, Quark and Worf because of course Quark is going to want to oversee one of his most valuable money makers, which are the hollow suites. Uh, we've got O'Brien and Odo and Rom and Cisco in ops monitoring the situations and trying to literally keep the station together. Mm -hmm. So Dax comes in as the gadget master uh, forever after uh, referred to as G because it's faster and uh, she creates all the spy gadgets. She's also very intelligent, technologically wise. Uh, we have Kira. <laughs> Sorry, I can't, I can't say this without giggling. Kira is ridiculously physically strong, and uh, her character's name is Holly Blessure. <laughs> 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 Quark is basically Quark in a suit with a cigar, and his name is Dollarmite. Dollarmite. <laughs> and we've got basically Worf being himself, glowering in the background, but he has a British accent now, and his name is Cuddlesworth. So <laughs> they're and they do have comms between the Hollow Suite and Ops, and they're trying to keep each other apprised of what's going on. Uh, they are beamed into the holodeck into a sort of nightclub place where they all meet up. And Quark's immediately like, this looks way better than my place. I have to find out how they did this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you would think that he would know by now. It's just programming, man. It's programming. Uh, Evil Morn, of course, is uh, causing seismic eruptions all over the planet with his mining. 
because this crystal is what is keeping the planet together and his mining for it is uh, the vibrations are cracking the crystal and it will disintegrate the planet so of course he has to be stopped they're going to invade the minion stronghold um but the lair of course is deep underground because mining mogul and mm -hmm. uh, so g comes in with uh, basically the mole from the thunderbirds <laughs> and <laughs> they they start tunneling down they uh they get stuck on the way down to that uh that bedrock layer like you find in Minecraft. They get stuck there. <laughs> and so they have to get out and there's this outer layer of tunnels that are full of traps and other problems, but they have no other way through to get to uh Evil Morn. So uh they all get trapped in this uh eel tank room cuz electric eels, you know, they're nasty. Actually, they're just defending themselves. I mean, the poor eels, they didn't want to be there. Mm -hmm. They didn't ask to be there. They're just there. So Bashir is uh, the only person who isn't trapped, and he's trying to figure out a way to get everyone out of there. And uh, there's, of course, you know, in any villain stronghold, there's always going to be an opulent room, which uh, Bashir wanders into. It has a rotating bed that rotates around, and they're sexy Garrick. <laughs> so they they go back to that room together to save everyone they weren't able to save quark because uh some of the room collapses cutting them off so and now they've also lost comms with ops so they can't communicate to the outside world we cut to what's going on in ops they're trying to work out everything that's going on but they can't stop it quickly enough so uh Cisco is ordering an evacuation of everyone on Deep Space Nine to Bajor. Odo is thinking he might have to use his singular abilities to literally hold the station together. He runs down to the promenade and he sees hull plating starting to tear and atmosphere leaks happening. And so he uses, he, he turns basically into tendrils to hold everything together, plug the leaks. But eventually it's not going to be enough. He can't literally be everywhere at once. So, uh, so he's buying them time. So now everyone is running down the tunnel and it's, we've got all this MacGuffinite coming through the walls and trying to smash people. Uh, Cuddlesworth is just pounding through it, just pummeling through like a cannonball. And uh, he does end up having to, I, we never really designated this, but it's kind of like he he gets stopped and he has to hold something open so that they can all get through. So he gets left behind. In this next room, there's a console that G can work with to try to sabotage the mining beam and turn it on its evil creator. So she stays in that room working on that while Kira and uh, Garrick and Bashir make it to the final room. And of course, everything is your typical, everything's white or gray and bare metal everywhere and no furniture, etc. And we've, we've finally got Evil Morn there. And there's one final bodyguard, of course, that Kira has to, to take care of. And so she's fighting that guard and they're cut off from them. So it's just down to Morn and Garrick and Bashir. 
And Bashir, of course, is thinking, oh, let's just uh, fight. And Garrick's like, no, no, no. Sometimes all you need to do is talk. And so they basically talk to distract Morn. And again, we never see Morn talking. Every time he's talking, the camera is facing away from him. Finally, uh, G is able to activate the mining laser and destroys Morn with his own creation. Uh, also destroying this virus that has infected the holodeck core. Uh, Garrick and Bashir are stuck in there while everyone else manages to get beamed out, but because they weren't, they were just not able to get out. They were stuck in there. Rom's trying to get them out. It's like, no rush. And they start <laughs> to move toward each other and cut to the final <laughs> teaser. And we're all back and talking about, oh, the adventure that we just had. And wow, wasn't that amazing? And then the wormhole opens unexpectedly. Nothing was scheduled to come through at that time, so they have no idea what's coming out. And an old Einstein-class ship comes trundling out of that wormhole. And credits. To be continued. Lovely. Guys, we did a great job. I love it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I really just want to write a script for this now and do a radio drama. Same. I know, right? Actually, I know. Oh, my God. Maybe we I mean, could people, write that. People have been submitting, like, fanfic scripts to um, Sid City and, like, um, Alexander Siddig and Andrew Robinson have, have been reading some of them, have been performing them. Some of them are really good. <laughs> I love it. Can you imagine if we got as many of them together as possible? Like, if we gave it to, like, Jake, oh, Jake, Sirik Lofton, because he's obviously very present as well. Sirik. Mm-hmm. He's into a lot of that, yeah. Andrew Robinson and uh, Alex Siddig. And then I actually read it. That would be hilarious. But I also want to give it to Mike McMahon to make an animation out of it. Yep. Yep. It, we, we, uh. it could be done. It could be done. Mm-hmm. Just saying. <laughs> well guys that was our first writer's room oh that was room. so much fun I think Amazing. we did really well it was very good fun yes because though Indeed. we did create the USS Wadley Pari we didn't really send her on a story so this is our first no, true didn't. writing of a plot mm-hmm. sorry about that okay <laughs> was that a kookaburra? Yes. that was a kookaburra attacking its reflection in my window you did say they were getting very aggressive (laughs) it's the springtime they've got babies to protect wow (laughs) they sound like they're worse than magpies oh magpies are so bad magpies are horrifying they are they are i mean magpies are worse because magpies yeah magpies will attack you Mm -hmm. kookaburra so far it's just windows yeah Mm. I think, to be honest, I got a magpie nest in my roof, and I'm quite scared. Mm. Yeah, this is why we oh. don't let our cat go outside. Because mm. yeah. there are a lot yeah. of magpies. Very, very good decision. A lot of them. So, mm. all right. Okay. Well, I feel really good about what we've done here today. How about you guys? Me. Me too. <laughs> yes, I feel great. It's it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> 
So, thank you for listening to this episode of the Vedic Assembly. Before we close, Nick and Liam record on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and the Ghana people of the Adelaide Plains, respectively. We pay our respects to elders past, present, and emerging and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. You can keep up to date with our episode releases on Twitter at Vedic Assembly and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Vedic Assembly. Please also join in our listeners community called The Nexus. Just search for The Nexus on Facebook and you should find it. Uh, and there you can join the discussion about the new episodes of Star Trek Discovery. You can find Liam on Twitter at LS74656 and on this network hosting The Janeway, our Star Trek Voyager podcast. You can find me on Twitter at PunkZoologist and on Instagram at PunkRockZoologist. And you can find Brandy on this network hosting Boldly Go, our Strange New Worlds podcast, What the Future Holds, our Star Trek Discovery podcast, and on Twitter at Brandywine12. Brandy with an I and 12 is a number. And you can find Sexy Garrick in your dreams. <laughs> Vedic Assembly is part of the Holosuit Media Network. Vedic's Disassemble. This show is brought to you by Holosuite Media. Computer, list other available Holosuite Media programs. Loading Holosuite Preview Program for Open Channel, a Star Trek community podcast. And Baz Greenland is a first-time commenter. Baz, that's why I asked if you were a first-time commenter, because we sing first-time commenter for first-time commenters. So welcome. Yes. Baz says, loved it. Freed from the restraints of continuity, it looks as if Discovery can really let loose. It looked stunning, and Sonequa Martin-Green delivered her best performance on the show yet. I agree. And that's saying a lot, because she's she's delivered some damn fine performances. Loading Holosuite Preview Program for The Janeway, a Star Trek Voyager podcast. Before that timepiece stopped working. Mm-hmm, that really because ugly, he saw it in the shop window. That really ugly timepiece. When I first watched it, I thought, okay, yes, this is a clock that maybe somebody puts on their desk or mm-hmm. on a wall somewhere. But later we see somebody pull the same thing out of their pocket. Do they not have watches? <laughs> yeah. oh, it's like one of those like huge clunky mobile phones that all they ever did was like call people. It's like, nope, this is just a big clock for my pocket. It's something that Flavor Flav should be wearing around his neck. It's that big and obnoxious. Is that a clock in your pocket, or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> oh, no, no, it's it's just a clock. It's most definitely a clock. <laughs> Loading Holosuite Preview Program for What the Future Holds, a Star Trek Discovery podcast. Well, here's here's the thing, though, okay? This is very prescient. Because right. this presents us with a future where people are isolated and disconnected. Yep. This was written and filmed before, before. the pandemic. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, Brandy. This is the this is this is I mean, I, this is the universe saying we need this art mm-hmm. in this world right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Computer, deactivate Holosuite.